I, I did not know that song. That was a really good one, though. And I didn't know it. It's kind of old. I wasn't going to say it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It was a good one. Man, I felt it. It was really good. I, actually, some of it I feel like kind of just confirms what I'm going to say tonight. So I'm really thankful. Um, I'm thankful for the presence of God. Amen. Uh, here, let's just take a moment to pray. But thank you, Lord, so much for this word today. I pray that you use me as a vessel for your word to be spoken. God, let the word speak into our lives to instruct us and help me just to be that vessel for you to speak to us and let you give us the open ears and willing hearts for whatever your word has to say. We're so thankful, God, for who you are and all that you've done. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. And so I'm going to start out with um, something I heard a comedian say what Dr. Phil said. Okay, so Dr. Phil, he said, okay, I got to take off the mic. Okay, so he said, the, um, what is it? He said the way to tell if an audience, how smart an audience is, is if they will participate and do something with you. Ooh. Okay, All right, so take one hand, get a thumb out. Just one hand, right? It's looking good. No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a trick. It's a trick. <laughs> and then the other hand, I want you to put your pinky towards that thumb, okay? And Dr. Phil again said, this is, this, yeah, the thumb towards that. Yeah, just, yeah, you can keep your thumb. This one is the pinky. What did I say? I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're fine. Simon said, <laughs> it's not. It's not. <laughs> it seems to be the hardest part. <laughs> um, so then, Dr. Phil continues to say, he goes, "Now you can tell, you can tell how smart an audience is if they can switch it. How fast they can switch it." Oh, isn't that hard? Isn't that take a second? <laughs> it's a mental. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so it looks like I'm the least smartest in the group, but yeah. <laughs> so this is good. Feel good. Yeah, we're all awake. We're all good. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. We're all well, smart. I know you guys. You just proved how smart you were and smarter than me. This is good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I would. I'm gonna ask a few questions to the audience. I would love some answers. That's why I'm asking. They're not rhetorical. Yeah, that's what they're called. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but these are ones I would like answers. So, um, question: Are are you a sinner? Yes. Right. That's right. Romans three twenty three says, "For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God." Now, the word "all" that doesn't like I can't exclude myself. I am an all. You are an all. We all are in that. So we can point at ourselves. Everyone do that. I have sinned. <laughs> <laughs> we're not pointing fingers. Alicia, <laughs> yeah. we're all recovered sinners. Amen. Recovered alcohol. <laughs> I like that. I like that. Recovered sinners. That's right. But when we ask the question, what is sin? Transgression against God's word. Oh. Yeah, that's good. Any more? Anything that separates you from God? What's that? Mm -hmm. Anything that separates you from God? Oh, those are good. Any uh, others? Uh, 
he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him in his sin. Oh, topping me right there. James. <laughs> I was going to say that. Oh, 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 oh I like this. You stole my thunder. I was going to say what you said. Sure, Right? So sin is something that is displeasing to God. And, you know, we can tell what is sinful also from the Ten Commandments God gave us and what the Word of God, right? That's what we know um, what God says is sinful. Right? So when was the first sin? You already raised your hand. Oh. Yes, he said. It was you. Was who? Yeah. Oh, Eden? No, Eve. Eve, okay. I was like, cool. Thank you. Yes, perfect, right? So that was way back at the beginning. So all the way, yes? The devil. Yeah. Oh. That's, yeah. that's a good point. That's a good point. I, yeah, I guess I should have rephrased, like, which was the human person. So, yeah. So, all <laughs> answers correct. Um, he's smart. He's smart. He's so smart. He's so smart. <laughs> well, 1 John 1 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful to, and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right, and so unrighteousness is, you know, that is where sin is in our life. So God is so, we're so blessed that God will forgive us from those things. Recover. Amen. So let me ask you, uh, who was Paul from the Bible? Paul. Yes, that's exactly the scripture I was going to break out. Thank you. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. So um, Paul is somebody who, who used to be Saul, right? And so you would say when he became Paul, that he was a devout man of God, right? Yes. yes. Right. First uh, Timothy 1.15 says, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception, that Christ Jesus came to the world to save who? Sinners. Of whom I am chief. So Paul, this person who was a devout man of God that was turned his life around, right, and started doing to preach the word, and he wrote a few books of the Bible, right? Just a few. <laughs> so, I mean, like, he even says that he is the chief among sin sinners. Isn't that crazy? He says he's like, he's like the captain of mistakes. <laughs> the chief among sinners. So, even somebody who was just, you know, you could think that, like, Paul was such a devout man of God, he, he wouldn't make mistakes, right? He wouldn't, he wouldn't sin. He's too good for that. He's perfect. But no, he admits to himself that he was human. Right? So there is no such thing as a perfect Christian in which you're going to not make mistakes. And I think that we can, we can get kind of caught up in thinking we're not supposed to make mistakes. That when we make one, we like are so hard on ourselves. Because we're like, wow, I shouldn't have done that. I know I shouldn't have done that. Um, but, you know... God is faithful and just to forgive us, right? So we nobody's exempt, not a, a perfect person, no amazing person, no preacher is exempt from sinning or making mistakes. But we have we get closer to God and his spirit helps us overcome sin. And you know, we get better and better, but we're never going to be perfect like Jesus was. But we sure try. We sure try. Um 
Amen. So the truth is that we all deserve to be separated from God for eternity because of our sin. The truth is that if we truly got justice for the sin in our lives, nobody would deserve to go to, to king, uh, the kingdom of heaven. Right? But grace, but by grace, amen, by grace, the concept that God is willing to give us that we do not deserve, but it is for us to have when we are forgiven our sins and we can spend eternity with him. Because we do not deserve the forgiveness, but his just his sacrifice makes a way for his grace to work in our lives. So I'm talking about grace today. Amen. My title, <laughs> more I had to look at what it was there. More than enough grace. Amen. Amen. So in uh, I'm just briefly going to talk about Acts 15, 10 through 11. It's where Peter is explaining that no matter how good of a person, no matter how gooder of a person you are, whether a Jew or a Gentile, none of us can earn salvation. There's no, there's no money to pay. I can't pay, like Brother Woods talked about Wednesday, you know, a virtual, a virtual eternity or something. You can't, I don't have 67 million to spend on that. We cannot earn or like pay for uh, salvation. And it's not even through good works. I can't do good things to earn salvation. But it's only by the grace of God. I'm probably gonna say that a few times. Probably gonna happen. <laughs> but his, his willingness to give us, God's willingness to give us what we do not deserve. That salvation is available through the New Testament plan, right? So, like the other, the ender half of this book, <laughs> that has repentance, baptism, in the name of Jesus, and the gift of the Holy Ghost. That is our salvation, right? We have that plan for us. Uh, Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. Is that word all again? I can include myself in all people. I am a people, and yep, and all of us. <laughs> but the Bible says that God desires for everyone to have a place of repentance and, and experience that salvation that is available to us because of his grace. And I would say that, you know, we have to die daily for, for forgiveness. Like, like, you know, like I said, not even the most perfect person has not made mistakes. We have to die to our flesh daily. It's something I'm working on all the time. Not, have not gotten to perfect place. Nope. I'll just say that. I'll say that. But, you know, if you have experienced the salvation message, that does not mean that grace was only for that moment, but that we are continually... It does not end when we are born again of the water and spirit. Rather, it is the grace of God in our lives that continues to work in us that we can be more like him. So don't fall for the deception that, you know, sin will always take you further than you wanted to go because the more pain that you could ever have imagined and results in more regret than it seems could be possible. So we have, you know, the Sin does not destroy us. Sin does not have that power when we have Jesus in our lives. So uh, how would you define the word forgiveness? That was a question. <laughs> yeah. Do not hold somebody accountable for a debt or an action. Mm, good 
I wouldn't have anything to add to that. Does anyone else? He looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> if I hear Siri, <laughs> yes. Also, suggesting to yourself and for them to forgiveness not to hold accountable to God also. Remember. So when you forgive them, you're asking God for you to forgive them and also for it just it is all gone away. And I know I'm actually really forgiven someone, especially myself. But when I forgive someone, I don't feel any bitterness. Or mm-hmm. if they were to come in the room and did something to me six months or a year ago or two years, I wouldn't be like, Ugh. I feel nothing yeah. except love for them. Right. But I know I really forgive them. Don't hurt them anymore. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's a hard thing to do. Yes. Those are really your answers. Thank you. Man, that's that's a very powerful thing. Yes. And I was, I, we talked, we were talking about this thing called grace, um, and we're in hyphen, called, it's on the series Unmerited Grace, and I, I shared that, you know, like, even the past week, like, before I was supposed to teach hyphen about grace, and it was about forgiveness, that I had to forgive somebody, and that's exactly what it is, I had to, like, it didn't take me very long to realize, like, how mad I was. Right? You can just get mad when something gets done to you. Just get mad. And I had to pray. I go, God, I forgive them. Even though, like, you know, maybe they didn't say they're sorry. But, you know, um, I remembered that Jesus said that we are to love all people. Right? We are to love those as God has loved us. And if we are expecting this grace and forgiveness that I did not deserve, I'm going to give grace and forgiveness to everyone else. And it's by Jesus' example, right? And so I was just thinking about when Jesus was about to be, they were about to put him on the cross. And what did he tell them? He said, you pray, God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Right? right? When we don't have, when we don't know about God, people people usually think about themselves, right? I think that when we don't have God in our lives, we can get in a mindset that can be a little bit more centered about ourselves. But um, yeah, I think that does, I think people don't realize what they do to the other people sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I think that you cannot forgive a person uh, for everything they've done to you all at once. I think you have to forgive each item as it comes up in your memory. So when you say, Lord help me, and then he does help you, then you say, I forgive so-and-so for such and such. And it makes a huge difference for me. That's true, yeah, you can't remember. Yeah, yeah. Good, that's, I think, yeah, whenever uh, you just wanna have that peace in your heart, right? I think that was really awesome. Um, what you and Beth said, yeah, wonderful. Um, so is it possible to forgive and forget? Just like kind of kind of coming up. Yeah or no? No, we we can't hear you. God can forgive. I can forget. Actually, God's forgiveness includes forgetfulness, but ours we can't even friend. Right? God can't. 
Yeah, we're we're a little we're not we're not the best at forgetting, right? <laughs> but some of us are. Depends what it is. Sometimes, so. I forget things all the time. But um, so it says that you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was just gonna say, you know, the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins, and so when we have Christ's love in our heart, of course, you know, Christ covers our sin, and He forgives, and He forgets, and He doesn't remember them anymore. So the more of Christ's love we have in our heart. Yes, maybe the more he helps us to do it too. Yes, Lord, help me forget. Help me forget. Help me forget. Yeah. Amen, though. That's very true. Amen. Uh, yes, exactly. God does forget, right? When we have forgiven of our sins. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a scripture you said that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us. That's God. But that's not us. Yeah. And so, like, for the, uh, Pastor Grant said, you know, it's like, I don't know if it's just like you have to forgive somebody. I guess that you have to put yourself in a position so you don't have to forgive them again for something else, you know, or some element of trust or wisdom or whatever you want to call it. But you know, try not to have to forget that way. Brother Hurst told me you had to forget, even if you knew it was coming, you had to sit there and take it. But I'm not really sure about that. Coming. You know it's coming. Go get last one. Um, I think about forgiveness is also we might forget something in some sense, but not totally, because you may forget something that you have done and go to the altar and ask God for something. But like the Bible said, well, before you come to me, go ahead and forgive that person yeah. what you have before you bring it to his altar. So I think, you know, you may be out there praying, asking God for certain things, and he doesn't bless you. You'll be wondering, why am I not getting blessed? But then think about it later. It's like, you know what? Maybe because I never did forgive that brother or sister or, you know, so. Yeah. I think it can get in our hearts and God reveals it to us. Yeah. Maybe you didn't realize it, but that's when we can choose to forgive, right? And I think it does take knowing the love of God for us because I know that I am undeserving of this grace and that's what we want to extend to others as he has done. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Uh, God does choose to forget. It says, as far as the east is from the west. And I was doing some hand motions in Heisman. I was like, okay, when you go north, you're going north and north, and the world is a circle. <laughs> it's round. <laughs> so, and then eventually goes south. Am I right? And then you can go back over. So it changes direction. But if I'm going, I guess it's the other way for round few, but yeah, if I'm going east in one way, I am continually going east, right? And then if you're going west, you're only continuing going west. So it says, as far as the east is from the west. As there's, yeah, there you go. Um, so that is what God does. He completely forgets. Completely forgets. And I'm thankful that that promise is still true to me when I responded to the gospel. I, I grew up in this, but when you choose to let the, uh, ask for forgiveness, and I'm glad it pertains to me today. We have to remember that God never leaves us or forsakes us. So I think let's go to 1 John 2, 1 through 3. As far as forgetting, I am I've been thinking this over my brain here. I think that we don't forget for a reason so that we do not allow ourselves to be offended or offend somebody for that same cause again. Oh, that's good. That's really good. That's true. That will give us wisdom. But, wisdom in remembering. But, 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 let me give a but to that. Uh -oh. 
we got to be careful about holding on to those things because they can turn into a, a sister best no, and bitterness. Not as a festering uh, remembrance, but just as hey, this happened to me before. I've done. I've, I've had a problem with this before. I'm not going to let it bother me this time. If someone comes at me with the same thing again, I was upset over last time. I prayed about it. I forgave them, but I'm not going to fall into this trap again. That's good. That's good. That's, that's good. What I'm but let me say this: is that um, he that says he loves God and hates his brother is a liar. Right? And so you got to be real careful about holding on to hurt feelings and uh, letting bitterness come in because it turns into resentment and hate. And so you got to be very careful about forgiving. Got a question on that one. So, not sarcastically, but if you're driving and somebody cuts you off, are you supposed to forgive that person? <laughs> like, no way. You know? Because that's like the same thing. You know, you're driving, someone cuts you off, or just. That's the one where you're angry and sinneth not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or took your parking space. Lord forgive me. It's pretty good that we're, we're recognizing that we, we can we can make these mistakes around all the time and have to forgive. Amen. So we're gonna go to this next three scriptures. Um, uh, second John two one through three says in the third day there was a marriage in Cana of, of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. Oh I meant first John. That's that's why I didn't say right. I didn't write first. We forgive you. First John uh, two one through three talks about how <laughs> That sin, oh, thank you. Look at how quick he is. Thank you so much. My little, this is the one scripture I didn't write down. My little children, these things write unto you that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Oh, and he is the provocation for our sins, and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And hereby we do know that we know him if we keep. His commandments. So you notice that he said grace enough to cover all of the world, all the sin of the world, and not just of today, but every sin that has ever been committed, right? There's not just like in the Old Testament they, they made sacrifices, right, for when you made a sin, when you sinned, right? <laughs> and in the New Testament, we don't have to do that, but he wasn't just enough sacrifice for like, you know, if in the Old Testament, maybe you got to go because you, I don't know, you did something. And so it's one sin, like one goat equals one sin. But in the New Testament, it wasn't that Jesus died for one of our sins. He's not one goat worth. He is <laughs> Amen. So he, he died for every sin. We mentioned the first human sin was Eve. And so there's enough blood to cover all of that, even until we go to heaven. Amen. That's a lot of grace. That's a lot. And uh, so Luke 23, 34 said, Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know what they do. I mentioned that uh, earlier. But um, 
we are to be uh, to do what Jesus did, and He wouldn't ask us to do something if He didn't do it. Amen. Right? Amen. Romans six twenty three says, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal through Christ Jesus our Lord." Amen. So grace, by all accounts, was a free gift. I love free gifts. <laughs> um, Number two, we did not deserve it, right? We did not deserve this. And there's nothing we can do to earn it more, to earn it more. But grace is the means by which men and women alike may find the strength and encouragement to pursue and ultimately to achieve what God has called them to do. So whatever God is asking us to do, he has given us grace that we can do those things for him. And... Grace is the tool that enables us to overcome adversity in evangelism and grants the sinner the incredible spiritual strength to overcome both temptation and sin. Right? So we have grace in our lives. We can do anything if God be with us, right? Amen. God be with us. What can stand against us? Uh, Luke 5, 4 through 11 talks about where Peter was called. Right, he was called, and he was a, what was what was his uh, job? Fisherman. 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 Yes. <laughs> uh, he was a fisherman, and um, when Jesus, they did, the, there was a miracle of the fish, uh, and Jesus, you know, wanted. He goes, I want you to follow me, and Peter said, Depart from me. He realized that Jesus was the Messiah. And he said, depart from me, I am a sinful man, Lord. He knew that he wasn't worthy to be called. He didn't know that this was, he didn't even feel worthy to be in his presence. And Jesus, in verse 10, it says, And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt be catchers of men. So he got a new job, uh, a new job description. <laughs> and after that, he chose to follow him. Right? He knew that he wasn't worthy of it, but that grace would be extended to him. And that grace is extended to us, Amen. even though we have many sins. God called him to be fishers of men, and he, even, he was mightily used after that, wasn't he? He was mightily used. Very important, in fact, you could say. A part of the church, the new church began. So if there are either, uh, you know, if you are new, if you've been in the church for a day, um, a year, some years, or, or your whole life, we can know that even if you make mistakes, God has still chosen you. God is, he knows that we feel unworthy and of, of the sin in our life, you could say makes us unworthy because we've made mistakes. But you can know that God has grace for you and that he has not forsaken you or forgotten you, that he has chosen you, and he wants to use you, despite all of those mistakes. And he already knows the mistakes that you are going to make. Like, God, you know, I'm up here, and he knew all the mistakes I was going to make. Well, I'm up here. <laughs> but, you know, no matter, like, I would say that I am unworthy to even be up here, but by the grace of God, we just do things for him because he is worthy. So we need to kind of flip the switch in our mind to know that the grace has not run out for us, that there's enough for the whole world. Yes. And we need to know 
uh, read the scriptures daily to, to take out the lies that come in our minds to say, you know, God can't use you. You did that. You know, God can't use you. You're not this. You know, you didn't know, you don't know how to do this yet. You shouldn't be used by God. Or you don't have everything perfect. You can't be used by God. Those are lies. Those are lies. God wants to use you. And he knows exactly who you are. And yet he's still saying, yes, follow me. That's what he's saying. And I, I would say, like, I need to read the scriptures more often to remind you of what God said about me and not those lies that come in our minds. Because we have already received salvation, and it is forever. If we ever need to ask forgiveness, he is there for us. Amen. So 1 Peter 2.9 says, For we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation of peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who have called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I'm so thankful that he has called me out of darkness into his perfect, marvelous light. So, you know, like I was saying, like, sometimes you feel unworthy. I would say Moses. <laughs> Moses was, like, called by God. And Moses is like, what do you mean you want me to talk? I'm not a good talker. He basically is like, okay, God, here is a resume of reasons you shouldn't hire me. <laughs> he was like, yeah. you shouldn't. <laughs> and, uh, but he was picked for the job. And that's exactly, we, you know, even if we make a mistake, it's, I think I believe it says in Proverbs, a righteous man falleth seven times. Pretty sure that's Proverbs. Um, seven times, but he gets up how many more times? Just at least one more. That's all you have to get back up. Just one more time. When you make a mistake, God forgives, and you just keep going. You just keep going. Um, Peter says that, he said that I am a sinful man, and I think that the first time we come to God, we can stand tall because, you know, we have been forgiven, and all that grace has been given to us. And... And then we view ourselves, uh, sorry, I lost my place. <laughs> um, even though we know that grace is not worthy to be given to us, there is something that I want to uh, say that we can kind of view ourselves differently than God does, right? God sees us as someone that he can create, like we have, he sees, he sees potential, right? He sees the good things of us. We're like, I see all the bad in the mirror. <laughs> God sees uh, all the good and the bad. So, okay, have you ever heard of this thing called meta-perception? Big word. Meta-perception. It is basically, when you get down to it, how we think others see us, so we believe it's true. So the perception is how we think people see us, and we just believe that that is true. So it doesn't mean it's true, and it doesn't mean they even said it to you. It's just you think they believe that, and therefore you're like, well, you know, if maybe you think others don't like me, then they must like, okay, people don't like me. Or people don't think I'm funny, well, I must not be a funny person, right? So, like, there's things that we can kind of think. So I heard uh, there's this podcast called Noteworthy by Nathan French, and this was some ideas that he said, and I just loved it so much, I wanted to talk about it. And he brought up, it's the podcast, uh, Meta Perception. <laughs> That's where I heard it. 
but the way we perceive ourselves is inaccurate a lot of the time. We often are our worst enemy because the way you view yourself greatly impacts your destiny. I'm going to say that correctly. The way you view yourself greatly impacts your how your destiny will be. So the children of Israel went to the land of Canaan, and they had some spies going out. They had 12 spies go out and go see the land. And they saw and they perceived what they saw as like giants, right? And they saw themselves as small as a grasshopper. Yeah, that's the way down there. <laughs> um, they saw themselves as grasshoppers. That was their perception. But was that the truth? In their perception, they thought themselves as little grasshoppers. But there were two, right? There were two spies that didn't see that perception. And, uh, but, but the ones that did see the, as themselves as grasshoppers, it's, they believed that they were smaller than the enemy and that the battle would basically be lost. The problem is how they viewed themselves. They had an unhealthy view of themselves. And I think as born-again Christians, we can have the grasshopper complex yeah. where we think we're not good enough, so we believe we're not good enough. But Joshua and Caleb, those two spies, who were like, I'm not a grasshopper. I got Jesus on my side. I'm no grasshopper. <laughs> um, they, they believed that God was with them and that they could win no matter what stood before them. They were probably blinded. They didn't see any giants. They just saw, they just saw God with them. And they didn't, they changes their perception, right? They had a healthy per relationship with God where they trusted him and didn't view themselves as meaningless or small. Knowing that God was going to win the battle for them. They knew it wasn't about them, but what God was with them. And because of this, they were the only two spies. Out of 12, they were the only two spies that went into the promised land. And it was their healthy perception that changed their destiny. Their destiny to even go to the promised land. <laughs> Simply because they overcame the grasshopper complex. Yes. So Nathan French said there was two ways to cultivate a healthy perspective. Number one, remind yourself how God sees you. Okay, so number one, remind yourself how God sees you. Number two, remember that God made you. Because God doesn't make mistakes. Am I right? Amen. God doesn't make a mistake. It says that in Ephesians 2, in 2.10. You can look. But um, so number two is remember that God made you. So we need to change our perspective where we think we are unworthy to believe what God said. Instead to that, we know that God decided that we were worthy enough to die for on a cross. He already made up his mind long before creation, but uh, he made up his mind that we are worthy enough to die for and to be forgiven and that he wanted us. So I'm, I'm concluding pretty much, uh, but I just want to say that God has chosen you to do mighty works. It doesn't matter how small you think you are. With God with you, you can do anything. And you are not a mistake. And despite your mistakes you made in your life, God wants to use you. Yes. 
and who have been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. He, he, has want, he wants you to know that his grace has not run out for you, that he still wants to use you. Amen. If we could stand and we're just going to pray. Amen. Mm, I'm so thankful. I pray, uh, okay, Brother McCune, would you like to pray for us? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> thank Hallelujah. you. Well, Father, we thank you for this time together, that we have time to study around your word and to brought to us reminders of who we can be and who we should be, that your grace is sufficient for everything that we have need of, that you look down upon us and you want to lift us up to make us what we ought to be. Be with us, Lord, as we go forth, that we will uh, do your work and your will according to your strength within us. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Amen.